received my call to preach in a setting much like this. It was in Miller Chapel on the campus of Princeton Theological Seminary. Chaplains and I have a history. I was even married in one. As my friend Kenyatta Gilbert preached his senior sermon, I heard a sound that resonated deep in my soul. This call would be tested by a trial sermon, which is a tradition in most black Baptist churches in America, to see if the hand of the Lord was truly upon me. I was given the certain sound of the trumpet by Samuel the Whip Proctor, a must-read for anyone who takes preaching seriously. It was as if Dr. Proctor answered the Apostle Paul's question in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 8. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle? One nugget that I'll share with you from these pages has been passed down from generation to generation in a sort of, with a sort of apostolic succession of itself. It's passed from prophet to pupil and from herald to hopeful homiletician. Start slow. Rise high. Strike fire. And sit down in the storm. This is probably more descriptive of black preaching than it is prescriptive. Much like W.E.B. Du Bois' description of the black church experience in the souls of black folks consisting of the preacher, the music, and the frenzy. My faith in doctrine, before I knew what doctrine was, was shaped in the fertile soil of the black church in America. I went to church in the church that my great-grandparents helped to build with their own hands. I learned the Lord's Prayer in the 23rd Psalm in the primary class in Sunday school. If you don't know what primary is, that's like kindergarten. Sunday school was our Sylvan Learning Center. Christmas and Easter poems introduced us to public speaking. But mostly my faith was given to me orally. The Sunday school teacher would tell the story. We repeated and rehearsed the story and answered questions about the story. You see, Sunday school, I got the story in my head. Then we'd go upstairs for worship. There the stories were burnt on my heart. In both the music and the preaching, my faith was forged in the culture of call and response. And so a statement or a question very rarely went unanswered in the pause between phrases. It, yeah, it's like an echo effect. We are, we are climbing, climbing, Jacobs, Jacobs. Ladder, ladder, it started slow, it rose high, the fire was lit, and the atmosphere was set for the word. In this oral and 
antiphonal atmosphere, questions were more rhetorical in their function than they were literal. Questions like, didn't my Lord deliver Daniel? Can I get a witness? Won't he, referring to God, do it? Won't he make a way for you? Won't he open doors for you? Is there anybody here? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? The question was the call, but every call needs a response. Some of my favorite ones are, But spiritually, 
spiritually and theologically, I can see and hear the great crowd of witnesses standing on their feet in glory, shouting, yeah! You see, somewhere between the question and the answer, between the call and the response, the question mark is transformed into an exclamation point. Son of man, can these bones live? Is water wet? As we prepare for our descent into the valley of dry bones, the text says the Lord led Ezekiel back and forth amongst the very bones in the valley. And the bones were very dry. According to the Levitical code, it was forbidden for a, a Jewish person, a, an Israelite, to touch a dead body, including bones. And I wonder, is the church so concerned and consumed with sound doctrine that we are tiptoeing around the bones in the valley? We complain that Canada is a secular society. That's just a dry bone in the valley. The stats say less and less people are going to church. That's just a dry bone in the valley. The stats say Generation Xers and younger aren't interested in church. That's just a dry bone in the valley. The reality is, for the most part, uh, church life in the Maritimes is dead and dying. But I learned from my pastor, Johnny Youngblood, a cemetery is a perfect place for a resurrection. Sometimes I believe we are more concerned about sound doctrine than God is himself. Because it was the Lord who set Ezekiel down in a valley of dry bones. In a real sense, God is saying to Ezekiel, I want you to see. I want you to get down and dirty and smell the dead bones in the valley. You see, when you get close enough, you can see the culture of alcoholism in the maritime. When you get close enough, you can see the pervasiveness and normalcy of human trafficking. When you get close enough, you can see the internalized oppression and the we were as grasshoppers in their eyes mentality. When you get close enough, you see street drug use trying to self-medicate the legion of mental illness. When you get close enough, you can see the systematic racism that lies just beneath the surface of the politeness. And today, God is asking us the question, can these bones live? Notice Ezekiel's response to God's question. He says, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. I mention that because we spend so much time both in the church and the academy trying to figure out what only God knows in the name of sound doctrine. Does theology start from above or from below? Are you premillennial or postmillennial? Do you ascribe to Calvinism or Arminianism? Is there one creation story? 
or two creation stories? Do you believe in the gap theory or is there no gap theory? I could go on and on like popcorn, but guess what? The people who are dead and dying in the valley don't care. Virginia, Brian Blunt would tell us, go preach. You see, there is life. 